Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rugby Rewind podcast, episode two. Thank you to everyone who joined uh, for the last episode, episode one, where we looked at the 2011 World Cup clash between Australia and New Zealand, which was a, a great game. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that podcast. We've got Ben here again, of course. And uh, today we're going to be looking at, as we mentioned in the last episode, a very, very classic and um, you know one of my favourite games of all time at the at the regional level, the Can- uh, the Canterbury versus Southland Stags game from 2011 from the MPC, and it was a rugby, uh, sorry, a Ranfurly Shield Challenge game. Such a fantastic game, and if you know, um, you know some Southlanders around the country, you'll know that um, there's a long list of things that Southlanders love. You know, on there you'll see spates and laps around D Street. But you'll also see the uh, Ranfurly Shield. So, yeah. Yes, definitely some notes about that I've got later on. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, before we kick into the lineups, um, Ben, any memories of this particular game that you can think back fondly of? I mean, there's this one and obviously the original, the 2009 Clash, which has got both bring back massive memories. I mean, Stags, huge underdogs, going into the season, not being touted by anyone for doing anything much and they just come through and win it for the whole of Invercargill really and it's party time for a good year or so however long they hold on to it it's unreal can't remember where I was when I watched this but I distinctly remember the uh, last moment of the match which won't spoil yet but it's a parallel moment right yeah that's great yeah well I was actually in Invercargill um when this game happens, I was well, I was quite young, probably fourteen, similar to that last game we talked about. And um, in this particular case, I actually um, didn't go to it, but I was at you know a mate's house watching it on TV. And tell you what, they were getting pretty pretty riled up for it. So yeah, it was a really good game, and I actually hadn't remembered you know how tense it was until I, I watched it recently. So yeah, yeah. loved it. Not even. If you turned on to it not knowing, you think it's a Stags home game. That's how much they're up oh, for it. Like the yeah. travelling fans are unreal. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, yeah, this one's obviously in Christchurch at Rugby Park. So yeah, it was called back then. Confused me. I yeah, had to go for a quick Google for a second when that came up. Yeah, well, then I remember the 2011, obviously the earthquake in Christchurch. I think that was the reason why that stadium stadium was being used. If I'm correct. Yeah, um, about right. Yeah. So yeah, great game and and. Um, I think it was. It sort of felt like a test match towards the end, didn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely, it was. Stags went back to the, their roots, and Canterbury were holding on staunchly. It was, oh, yeah, test match footy at the end, really. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll just, just get straight into the lineups. Um, I'll handle the, the Canterbury lineup, um, and if you want to do the Southland, yeah, right, take it away. All right. Well, the Canterbury team was. Um, a lot of a lot of very well known names in the Canterbury team, and it was actually one of those teams where you look at now and, and say, "Geez, how did they how did they lose?" Um, yes, but it's simply it's stacked. It's got a handful of All Blacks in there, and four people have got have gone on to represent other countries. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so for the front row, you had Paya Fanu, and uh, you had Paul Namau and Andrew Oliverinshaw in the uh, <laughs> the front row. It doesn't really get off to a great start in terms of our worldies no. we were just talking about. I've just talked Some... about the uh, most common names that we we may uh, be familiar with, but uh, those three names, I have to be honest with you, I'm not overly familiar with. I, mean, I know Olorentio because I did a write-up on him. So shout out Ashley Rugby Club, who he plays for nowadays. I love that. The other two, can't say I am largely that familiar with, but, <laughs> you know, um, they didn't really do much throughout the game to no, well, stick in my I'm mind sure... either. Oliver Shaw was um, was probably the better of the three, I'd say. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, like you said, it was a quiet day from those from those three players. Um, and your locking partners, there was Ash Parker and Luke Romano. So obviously, mm-hmm. Luke Romano being a, a stalwart of the Canterbury brand for the years to come after this game. Um, it's weird to see him so young. Yeah, he did. He did look very young in this. And then George Whitelock, of course, who had a really good career with uh, Canterbury, um, that six jersey. He was the captain today. And uh, Matt Todd, who would have been very young here, actually, an early Matt Todd, um, and Nasi Manu, who some Highlanders fans will have fond memories of. Um, yeah, so really, a, really good. Canterbury loose yeah, trio. Eh? It really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, and then 
the uh, half pairing between Willie Hines and Tom Taylor. So Willie Hines, who now uh, plays over in England and for the English national team on occasion, um, and Tom Taylor as well. How, but... Yeah, well, they take anyone who um, the All Blacks don't. So um, yeah, he's over there now. But he was um, he was quite young here as well, actually. Um, yeah, here, that's the note I had down. Yeah. Never remember Willie Hines with anything other than a shiny bald dome. Yeah, I didn't realise he ever had here, but um, lo and behold, he did. Tom Taylor was um, quite young here as well, starting out for Canterbury. He went on to have a really good career with Canterbury, also some tests for the All Blacks as well, before moving into Europe. So, yeah, uh, we'll talk more about Tom Taylor later in the game, but um, he he was a really, really solid 10 here in this particular game. Um one of my favourite elements of this Canterbury team is their is their uh, back personnel. Uh, Patrick Osborne in the eleven jersey, man, <laughs> he was so good this game, and, and spe- especially in the early stages. So we'll talk about that. But obviously, another Highlanders favourite there as well, Mister Osborne. Um, Ryan Crotty, who obviously goes on to become a very very uh, well loved and and um, utilised All Black, and the twelve jersey, uh, Robbie Fruin, who um, unfortunately retired. A bit early due to some medical issues, but he was also class in that 13 jersey. Oh, yes, being one of the uh, biggest what of players in a wee while, like he could have stayed healthy. Oh, yeah, he was on form. A he was, um, yeah, he definitely was. And then, um, on your left wing, you had uh, Toulouse Vianu, uh, who was also really good in his day as well. Um, to me, my we'll talk about this later, of course, as I always say, but uh, Sean Maitland in the 15 fullback jersey. He um, had a cracking game, and, and I feel like we have similar notes on. Maitland. Yeah, yeah. Didn't what, quite what the, remember how good he was in no, New Zealand. That's, actually, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, so I was really impressed with him, but obviously we'll go on, on that later. Yeah, but I was um, looking forward to Vianu, but Maitland, yeah, kind of stole this year. We'll quickly go through the um, replacements. Ben Fennell. There's a couple there that I have yeah. some pointers, but you run through them first. Um, some pretty big names in there now, of course. Uh, ben Fennell, Nepo La Lala, uh, Ruben Thorne, classic uh, Canterbury yeah, name. on that one. Um, so I was shocked to see Ruben Thorne's name. I was like, surely Thorne's in there, he's starting. But no, it turned out he retired about two or three years prior. Yeah. Came back for this game, didn't get on. But He's got old. So this was the last time. He was 36. Yeah, yeah okay. And La Lala was in his first season, he just turned 20. So Yeah, right. Interesting. Uh, two ends yeah. of the spectrum there. Such a such a, a good team on paper, isn't it? Brendan O'Connor as well. Uh, Mark Swanepoel. Um, Tyler Blindale, who uh, was the replacement ten. He um, he went on to play quite a number of games for Canterbury. Actually, I think he did, he played for, he did some caps for the Crusaders as well, didn't he? Yeah, played uh, with yeah. Crusaders. And we know over to I want to say it was oh, it's an Irish team. I'd say Munster, but I might get it yeah. wrong. One of okay. the Irish teams, and he was he was a fan favourite there. It was I always thought, thought with the last name like that he'd be playing for the Sharks or something, but um, yeah, it sounds not. very uh, South African. Eh? Yeah, um, Johnny McNichol didn't get on actually. Yeah, he, no, he didn't. That's surprising. Well, Tom Taylor was was playing quite well. Johnny McNichol um, was a sort of a bit of a versatile option in the back three uh, replacement. There, he's um, he went on to play a lot of games for the Crusaders as well over in Europe now, of course. Um, he, yeah, in fact, he was for, playing uh, Wales. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing for Wales. So a couple against of games now. Yep. Um, and Sam Cottam as well at the, in the 23 jersey. So, yeah, I don't want to disrespect old Sam Cottam, but can't say it's a name I'm overly familiar with. If you've no. got anything about it. No, I haven't got anything on him. Um, yeah, no. But, didn't um, exactly get a chance to come on and show us anything. <laughs> no, but that's, that's the Canterbury team. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of um, a lot of favourable names in there that we're all familiar with. But um I, I think I guess the same can be said about the Southland team. So run us through that. Before I even get on to that, I don't know if you noticed the fact we just read out 23 players there rather than the World Cup we covered. I believe it was 22. So, oh, yeah. You know, this year it must have been switched. And yeah. Clearly they weren't quite sure how to utilize it yet because still one prop on the bench. Yeah. So that's I noticed true. that was a bit funny seeing a lock still run on in the 18 jersey when there's two, three subs. Yeah. Not that many of them got used, but we'll get to that. Anyway, the stag side, like as you've kind of alluded to, if you think of Southland rugby, you think of at least probably thirteen or fourteen of this team. Like they'd probably be in the stag's dream lineup if they could bring them all back. So, starting in the front row, you got McIntosh, Rutledge, and Chris King. Just 
<laughs> Landers partnership, Stags partnership. Also got my dream team that we made on the page. So Chris King, also shout out, to the, um, shout out to the teacher in Dunedin. Yeah, classy. Uh, <laughs> well, the player was classy. Don't know if we can say as much about old commander, but <laughs> did a job. Yeah. So, yeah, unreal front row. Locking uh, partnership of Josh Beekus and Joe Tanui. Beekus, obviously, a standout for the Stags over many years. Tanui, another piece of tall timber in there. Surprised Hwani McDonald wasn't around. Not sure why he was away for this game, but here's another stalwart. And much like the Canterbury loose trio, the Stags loose trio was also pretty darn good. John Hardy, of course, at six. It's yeah. gone on to play for Scotland. Brilliant. Tim Boys at seven. Unreal. He played for the Crusaders a few years later. You reminded yeah, me. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And then Elliot Dixon at eight as well, who the commentators seem to mention went to St. Bede's in his heyday. So, okay. Canterbury connections in there, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, in the halves, you got Scott Cowan, the, of course, the uh, brother of all the All Black Jimmy. At number 10, James Wilson. I'm sure, there'll be plenty of notes about him throughout. Oh, of course. Midfield partnership of Saunders and Kenny Lynn. There's his class of that one. And the back three of. Robbie Robinson at fullback, Glenn Horton on the right, and then the Aussie seven star Tim Cornforth on the left. Yeah, there's a bloke who kind of eluded my memory, but he was yeah, good. he was, but he but he yeah, we'll talk about it. But he played quite well. I mean, he yeah, certainly wasn't someone I was familiar with uh, until looking at this lineup. But yeah, it's yeah, um, then, class name. Well, quickly run through the bench. You got David Hall, of course, another stalwart, bald Stags hooker. Nick Barrett in seventeen, Ben Nelly. Canalini Taituli in the 19 jersey. 20, didn't get on. It's a name and a half, though. <laughs> a young Scott Eden, 21. Okay. He was 19, fresh out of Southland boys. Yep. Probably barely weighed 60 kegs, dripping wet. Yeah. So, would have loved to see him come on for a run. Yeah. Tony Kunway, who grabbed the 22 jersey. And then Michael Pearson, 23. So. Couple handy enough options there on the bench for the CX. Yeah, definitely. On paper, Canterbury are up, but like it's not too uneven of a side when you think it's Canterbury no, Southland. Some really class forwards in there on the starting lineup for Southland, and um, so not bad options at the back either. So I think, yeah, like you said, on paper it is certainly in favour of Canterbury, but um, as we'll see on their day, it's not a team that you could. Uh, uh, foot past, um, especially compared to, I guess, uh, today's Southland team, which, you know, no disrespect to them, um, isn't probably the same on paper as it was back in 2011. Yeah, I can't see many of the teams from nowadays really get into that slide. I think, no. you know, one or two, but yeah, but so many experienced super rugby players in there. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. A few All Blacks as well, so pretty good, really. Cool. Um, well, should we start? Do you want to do you want to kick us off with the uh, with, with your first note of the game? The first note was actually before the game even started. The old yes, classic IGM Cup intro, unreal. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen all the flags wave, the bluff sign at the I end. Loved there. Oh, I loved it. Oh, good. Man or two <laughs> Yeah, no idea I had that down too. I, for, I forgot about that. Eh? It's such a good one. It kind of annoys me how the sponsor sort of changes the. The competition in, in that respect, but um, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I still kind of call it the ITM Cup nowadays, kind of subconsciously. It's just, I mean, that's the one I grew up watching the most of, so yeah, I hit it still that. Yeah, yeah, well, to me, uh, even before the game started, they also had some other comments to make in relation to the Southland supporters. That, yeah, that, uh, got that down too. you take it away first. See they, I mean. Obviously, Southland have some very passionate supporters, particularly when the, the shield is on the line. And uh, obviously, in this particular game, a lot of them had made their way up to Christchurch to to watch this game. But just those classic low drum Southland chants, Southland. Like, you can't. You heard a lot of them. It. Yeah, it was it was classic, classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We scared over the crowd before the game. Eh? There wasn't a hand that didn't have a Dobro or a Woodstock in it. it was unreal. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a few people um, from the Southland camp having a few tuis, which I thought was a bit bizarre. But um, yeah, it must have been the only thing on option. Yeah, it must have been the only thing on option at the stadium. Um, 
So yeah, I guess that was my pre-game comment to make there. Right, yeah, that's about the pre-game. Do you want to take the opening kickoff or I can? Yeah, sure. Uh, opening kickoff and then um, I guess the first thing to call out there was an early drop of the ball by Patrick Osborne. Um, yeah, exactly. So straight to Osborne. Theme. Yeah, it was. Um, Osborne was... Had Not so really much for Osborne. He was, he was good. But, yeah, he was yeah, class in the game, others. but it was... There was some some drop balls um, amongst both teams actually throughout the game. Even Canterbury um, winning their own kickoff that happened a lot throughout this game. Like trying to, yeah. trying to keep a tally of it, and I think there was like two that the team kicking off didn't win. And then it was a, uh, a scrum, the Southland feed, of course, and um, that sort of led to a, a really good break by Kenny Lynn. Yeah, which, that caught um, me off guard. We were about yeah, a minute or did. two in, and... he was really class. Like throughout the whole game, some great runs. And he got well. Speaking of Osborne, he got laid out by Osborne pretty quickly with that run. Yeah, but um, made a good fifty meters, but <laughs> Osborne was not letting him get any more. No, so that was a really good start um, in terms of running from Southland, which I was really impressed actually. Um, then I guess after that it was more that high tackle that led to the first penalty. Is that what you would have yeah. done? Yeah. yeah. Was that Osborne that did the high tackle? I think it. Yeah. I think it was. I don't know if it was the one on Lynn, but nah, it happened nah. shortly after. So, yeah, and then I guess the definitely the key, all over the place so far from Osborne. Like, yeah, definitely some good yeah, moments up, and not so up great and down, ones. Up and down. The first penalty for South an opportunity there. Of course, they were going to take the points. Uh, Robinson st- uh, stepped up for this particular kick. Um, according to the commentators, actually, they were sort of giving him a bit of a blast. To be honest, they were sort of saying that he was um, not striking them particularly well in train. Uh, sorry, in the warm up. So they were a bit surprised that he was taking this one. Um, yeah. But he gave it a. He stepped up. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, they were saying that you know, obviously Wilson and Scott Ede were the other two options that were taking some shots in the warm up, and they were perhaps performing a wee bit better. But so it was interesting to see he was taking this one. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, he did uh, sway that one to the left, so it remained at nil all at this point. Uh, and then from there, I think they had a couple scrums and stags. First note I've got it for them getting some scrum dominance. They won their first penalty against the head, and yep. um, they were after a bit of back and forth between Wilson and Robertson. Wilson stepped up and decided to take a shot at goal. Don't know if you had anything before that, but yeah, well, there was well, not really, but in terms of that decision to make the kick, it sort of seemed like Wilson grabbed the ball and he was sort of trying to convince Robinson that he was going to take over the yeah. duties, which of course he did. <laughs> there was a bit of back and forth there, it seemed. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Which, then. obviously, in hindsight, was probably the better option. Wilson was became a wee bit more accurate throughout the game. So, yeah, it didn't seem um, like it immediately as he stepped no. up from 40 out and dragged it probably yeah. a bit worse than Robertson's. But yeah, exactly. You know, happens. Exactly. Wasn't the wasn't a gimme, so let him off of that one. I guess I'll talk about the um, try to, unless you had something before this first try. Oh, like, not too much, Ed. Robinson slipped through a half gap for the stags. There's some try to throw an yeah, offload straight to deck, which kind of theme of the first half, at least for Southland. They get halfway through and then Canterbury would grab the ball somehow. You can yeah. take us through what happens after they get the ball. Yeah, essentially uh, they fling it out to Patrick Osborne and um, his turn of pace was actually really impressive. Um, essentially, bet, well, bet three defenders initially, but his main his main opposition was Robbie Robinson in the fullback position and uh, just a left foot st- uh, step and just a, a really massive burst of pace and just absolutely flew past Robinson. He couldn't really do anything, to be honest. Yeah, he didn't even get a hand on him. He had nah. maybe a metre or two on the blind to work with and Robinson sort of just took it. just reminded me how good Osborne was in his day, especially for the Highlanders as well, if you remember back to some of the tries he scored for them. I mean... His turn of pace was really impressive. Um, so, yeah, that was the first try to the Canterbury side. Uh, and and course, then, um, Maitland was heavily involved in that one too in the lead-up. He got through a wee half gap and tried to throw an offload. I don't really know how it ended up in Osborne's hands. but Well, that was the, I guess, the first of, of Maitland's um, impressive runs throughout the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it's easy to forget when Osborne went and did what he did as soon as he got the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, Taylor uh, put the conversion wide in this particular case. Um, So it was 5-0 at this point. 
And then uh, I guess run us through your next point there. Yeah, again, in the theme of kickoffs, Stags kick it. They win it back and grab themselves a penalty almost immediately. Got it down about eight minutes into the game. They grab themselves a penalty pretty handy. And Wilson steps up and gets this one. So yeah, and it was a confidence um, booster for him. It was a combination of Rutledge and Hardy who sort of won that penalty, wasn't it? And uh, Yeah, one of those names is one I've definitely got down a few other times throughout this. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a good one, that one. Yeah, not, like you said, Wilson does step up again this time, and uh, this time he nails it. Um, I guess I've got, got a... a uh, Tim yeah, Cornforth intercept. Yeah, I don't know if you guys yeah. Know. yeah, that was, that was an that. interesting one. thought he was playing well, not, cricket in was, the slips for a second, went out for a dive catch, and... I was going to say, grab it. I was going to say, yeah, he didn't quite grab it. But if you look at the games of the last, well, at least the last year or two of games um, um, around the world, and particularly New Zealand, they would have given a yellow card for that, I reckon. Yeah, that's what I've got. I'm like, that's got to be a yellow nowadays. It's yeah, it would have been. Not realistically <laughs> getting that. Back then, it, it wasn't even considered. But... but now it's just a scrum. Well, in this in this game, it was just a scrum. Whereas now, like you said, it would have been a yellow. I don't um, mind seeing that, though, to be honest. Some of the oh, deliberate no, knockdown like calls. I really don't like that rule. Um, and the reason why I don't like it is because how can you say that the person was not in a position to, to be able to catch the ball? You know, maybe if he just reached out further or, or a bit of a bit of grip on the ball, perhaps um, he might have he might have caught it. But I saw on the other day, I can't remember what the game was, but they gave a yellow card. But to me, he and on another day, he could have caught the ball and ran off with it. So it's like if they have to go to the TMO to check if trying to catch it or not, you've already gone too far. Like, yeah, exactly. he's just slammed it away. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I did enjoy the fact that there wasn't anything further other than the scrum um, for a knock on. So, yeah, that was, yeah, it was a pretty close intercept. Could have been bad news for Canterbury. And then, of course, basically off that scrum, Canterbury swing it out, play a few phases, and win the South Pen. Yep. Bang in front, really, and Tom Taylor. Taylor, yeah, he's not missing that. So no, nah. of course it's eight nah. three. It's yeah, to four, four minutes later. Beyond. Four minutes later, I guess um, the Stags would respond with their own Wilson penalty um, on the eighteen minute mark. Yeah, about that. I had to have one cheeky. It's definitely not up there for Dicker that eight nominations, but it wasn't great. I thought I was watching a game from the 80s for a second. Oh, yeah? Uh, first canopy line out that went quite array. They've just tossed it in. No one's jumped. It's gone about shoulder height at most, and somehow the stag stole it. But it was like, you know you can lift players nowadays, eh? You've got a piece of two-meter tall timber in there. Just chuck them <laughs> up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, of course, uh, the counter-ruck wins them a pin, and as he said, yeah. Stags get their own back, and 8-6 after another Wilson kick. Yep. Uh, I guess, did you anything before the next try? Nah, yeah, that's the big moment, isn't it? Yeah, it was a lovely try. Um, I guess, I don't know if you want to talk about this one or not, but... Um, well, you can run through it. All right. So, yeah, 19 minutes, so just after that Southland penalty, it was a... Um, a uh, sort of a line, it was a line out, but it was a, obviously a set piece that they'd come up with on the training ground, essentially. And um, straight to Hines, and he sort of wrapped around Tom Taylor and um, some great pace as well. And then straight to, to Maitland, and he just went straight for the line. And then a couple of steps involved, but he wasn't, um, he was barely touched. It was a fantastic. Yeah, made it look so easy, though. Eh? Like, yeah, he did. Um, could have easily yeah. been taken down by someone, but he's just kind of. Yeah, we threw with like nothing. It was a great try, actually, and um, yeah, de- definitely credit to Hines for um, providing that vital pass because it was a pretty good pass as well to Mainland. Um, so yeah, really good try. And at this point, if you're a Stags fan, you're thinking, ah, two tries within reasonably quick succession. We're, we're smashing a couple of penalties here and there, but you know, yeah. if Canterbury was to keep up this running game, it's going to be all over pretty shortly. Yeah, I mean, their back three look pretty untouchable at this stage. Yeah, uh, Tom Taylor missed the conversion. Um, it was something it was quite sort of a funny moment with that conversion of Tom Taylor. A lot of heckling from the Southland fans, which I thought was quite amusing. Um, and uh, you know, he must have been sort of taking the kick on the sideline, right, 
right in front of a bunch of Southland fans and they were just the classic, he won't get it. <laughs> yeah, haven't heard that one in a while. It came out a few times. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. He, he was well right on that one. So um, <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, unless, you, yeah, unless you had anything else to add about that. that no, not too making. much, really. It's just a ripper of a try, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was daunting great. times ahead for the Stags. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, those dawny times are over. A couple of minutes later is their uh, speedster out wide. Chris King found himself <laughs> in space. And that went about as well as you'd expect. He got about two metres. Yeah. Just dropped the ball and I want to say a tackle, but it wasn't really much of a tackle. He kind of got touched and dropped the ball forward. And yeah. Clearly, he just wanted another scrum. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite amusing seeing him out wide, wasn't it? Uh, I didn't expect to see that. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Off um, the back of the scrum, actually, there was a peril moment. I don't know if you caught it, but Willie Hines brought back another bit from the 80s of a good old-fashioned Ryan Martin dive pass. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. He had a few of them in the match, actually. He loves them. Most of them reasonably pointless, but yeah, I've, can't beat it. It's a good show. <laughs> it reminds me of Rugby Challenge, eh? Every pass is a dive pass. When you, oh, yeah. It's a dive pass or a 30-meter cutout by the way a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess that was – oh, there was one thing in there. There was a really nice break in the 23rd minute just after that Chris King drop uh, by Southland. But it was cleaned up reasonably well by Canterbury at the, at the back. I can't remember who it was. I think it was um, – Oh, was oh, it the one where the you know, scooped it up and tried to kind of dance around yeah. a couple? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Really tried that. It's about yeah. one of the few moments that noted of him. He was pretty quiet. He was very quiet, yeah. Um, and then I've yeah. got, have you got the uh, the mainland, uh, Sean Maitland, uh, sorry, charge on the Robinson, Robbie Robinson kick? Yeah, that was a heart-of-mouth moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Canterbury went in again and that would have probably... I mean, yeah. not knowing the score, you'd think that would have been a dangerous try. Yeah, but then it sort, of led to a, it sort of led to quite a good break, though, from um, Cornforth. Oh, yeah, who who um, does that? Who gets charged on their own goal line, manages to scramble the wall back in, and then runs it out from there? Yeah. Cornforth had some great balls on you to do that. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, so that was a, a skate, get out of jail free cards, shall we yeah, say. Um, went the whole way. They. Cornwall and Lynn, they linked up a fair bit, got about 60 metres yeah. in the track. And, and yeah, and they kind of lost it at the key moment. Yeah. Bit of a pain. But. And then I guess mm-hmm. um, the next point, uh, did you have the, the Tom Taylor long range penalty? At, um, yeah, had that. Yeah. James yeah. Wilson tried to throw a big looper and it's gone to deck and out of play. Canterbury kind of won a penalty off that phase. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was a long way out. I don't know if you picked this up, but he was about, he tried to go about 47 out. Yeah. Penalty was back on half, so they dragged him back. And it was like, <laughs> you got to respect the hustle trying to grab those extra few metres. Didn't pay off, but yeah, didn't matter, did it? No, it was a fantastic kick. Yeah, it was a long way out. Um, so, yeah, a, a really nice one for Canterbury fans as well, because at that point, it was, uh, so it would have been 16. 16.6, a 10-point lead at that point after that long-range penalty, which is a really nice lead to have, yeah. um, especially in a shield game. So, oh, yeah, especially the way really... it was going because uh, kind of comfortably but surely getting ascendancy. Yeah. I guess speaking of Tom Taylor, he then after that goes and well, what we what would we call now a 50-22. He goes yeah, and early in touch. Yeah, beautiful kick into touch. Um, quite yeah, weird, though. A bit that. of that in the game, too. But also the Southland player sort of, I think he was assuming that it was going to have a bit of, well, more fortuitous bounce than it did. Um, but unfortunately it didn't. It went straight into touch. And yeah, a few times they kind of led it to roll out yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, nowadays it's, there's more risk, isn't there? Because um, it'll be the, the opposing side putting uh, having the, um, the line out. But I don't know if you got down what happened off that line out, but there was a wee... Uh... We scare for Cowan. Yes, I, that one. yeah. that's one of my nominees for Dick of the Day. Well, talk uh, us through that one if you got it. Cowan, uh, essentially, well, not a box kick as such, but he just goes to clear the clear the ball um, from the line out, and he just he just kicks it straight to the back of Luke Romano um, <laughs> at full force as well, full force, point blank range, and somehow, 
somehow the ref, for whatever reason, just didn't even really see it. Um, it's like two deck of the days in one, really. Cowan's <laughs> slamming it into a player half a metre away, and the ref that not being able to see the different coloured jersey. Romano wasn't the happiest man after that. Um, but I can't blame him. It's, it was a bit of force on the kick. It's another one today, though, I think, that may have probably resulted in a penalty. Um, they, they probably would have gone upstairs, I think, today now. that you know, Would you agree? You know, I mean, yeah, Whopper tried to get them to go and have a look. You'd think nowadays they would probably. The roofing's definitely gone up. may take a bit longer now, but yeah. standards are a bit better. So that was a, a nominee for Dick of the Day, certainly. That was quite enjoyable. Um, yeah, cowing up to his similar antics, shall we say, to his brother. Yeah, I mean, it runs in the name, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, what, what did you have next there? Oh, not too much. As we grubber through, Maitland is where we fumble. We just let the ball slide on past him, but still picked it up and then chucked it out to Viano, I think, and they made a few metres. Yeah. But, Ultimately, lost the ball. It was a scrum. Stags won themselves a penalty. Yeah. Which, yeah, the Stags were really getting on top on, at scrum time. I didn't quite realise until the end. And I was back and there's a fair few scrum pins against the head for them. And yeah, Wilson's it was. on form by this stage, so. Yeah, definitely. Chucks it between. Um, yeah. So that's 16-9 at that point, isn't it? So Yeah, that's what I've got down clawing back at the scoreline. So, yeah, Wilson yeah. was definitely keeping them in it. Um, penalty, yeah, the crowd's really starting to get behind them at this stage. So. Yeah. Travelling fans, or they seem to be more travelling fans than local fans. I guess going back to those 50-22 type kicks, so to speak, uh, Robbie Robinson now is an, a similar one. Um, yeah, he had a few good ones, minutes. actually. Yeah, um, some great pressure. Yeah, 36-minute. Um Southland actually claimed the ball as well at the line-out initially, uh, but unfortunately they had it taken off them uh, soon after. Um, but this was sort of a theme of the game, not necessarily in the first half, but more so the second half, where Southland were so close to the Canterbury line, just picking away at it. Yeah, but they just, really couldn't, they just couldn't get over. Couldn't quite get up there. Had a wee no. moment from the commentator at some point. I thought there'd been a cheeky switcheroo because he had called... Uh... Ash Dixon had gone up in the line out for the oh. Canterbury side. So. <laughs> Interesting sub there. But it turns out it was Ash Parker. I guess he would have been... My hopes were there for a second. Ash Dixon would have been at Hawke's Bay, would he have? Oh, most likely he's been there most of his life, hasn't he, sir? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's all the same commentators. I didn't mind the commentators in this game. Yeah, I thought, I thought they did quite well. They, I mean, no Justin Bieber mentions or yeah. what have you this week. So <laughs> they sold the hype as well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. TV commentators just yeah. hits and shoulders above the Aussies. Yeah, that's great. Um, there was a, a, yeah, speaking of that attack towards the end of the first half, 39th minutes, there was another Kenny Lynn uh, break. Um, yeah, he looked like slicing through a few times the game. But... Yeah, just couldn't find a teammate. So I think Yeah, that was the thing. There's, well, the commentators mentioned it too. They couldn't quite get the support there that yeah. they had. But he was he was certainly making some fantastic runs, and then I don't know about you, but I didn't have any more comments before half time. Yeah, that was about uh, the half for me. Basically, I thought Canterbury were on top. The Stags were definitely creating more half chances, but they were not helping themselves out whatsoever. No, nah. Canterbury were. I mean, I want to say they were clinical. They weren't as clinical as you expect. They still had a few front rowers trying to cut out balls and other random bits and bobs, but. Pretty much any yeah. half chance they took. So Maitland's, uh, yeah. you know, open running ability was sort of keeping them in it, wasn't it? Yeah, Maitland and Osborne were just, yeah, yeah. Tom Taylor was kind of controlling the ship pretty well. And... Yes, looking good, really. Well, you uh, kick us off for uh, half time. Well, sorry, the second half. Yeah, well, I had the opening kick off, and well, before that, there was a wee half time substitution. One of the stars of the first half, Paddy Osborne, was off. Not sure yeah. if he was injured or what, but. Yeah, uh, Johnny McNichol came on. He yep. was skinny as a white boy as I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, yep. he, we know he's a quality player now. He, was, he did a job back then, but he definitely gone up a level since. Yeah, oh, definitely. definitely, yeah. But of course, um, didn't have much from the opening kickoffs. Like Tom Taylor decided he wanted to use his left foot a fair bit this half, so good yeah. on him. Worked out well. Well, 
until later in the game, which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah, there was a lock from each side decided to step in at halfback and try pass it out, and obviously that just went as well as you'd expect. Yeah. I think it resulted in a scrum to each team, and that was about all until Kauntalov came back on the scene. You got notes down about him? Uh, what minute was this one? Oh, just after the start of the first half, about 45 in. Green fourth kind of spots another half gap. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Tries to get his way through, but yeah, not through and yeah. somewhat illegally turns it over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, 45 minutes. They couldn't cap- capitalize on that. Um, I think well, they've got so- one uh, cheeky dick of the day nomination uh, at 46, if you want to run through that now. Um, don't know if you got anything before that. I've got, the next thing I've got is the touch finder by Wilson at 47. Oh, yeah. so we're run us. Just before that, I'll, there's a wee switch back in the midfield. Kenny Lynn grabs it again as per. It's on. But uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone kind of was lying down. Lynn tries to hurdle him as he would. Must have caught his foot on him on the way over and just... Oh, yeah, I did see that. got a metre in there. Yeah. I was going to put that down, actually, as my digger today, but there's another yeah, one that I've got. Uh, something else that comes up later on. But Yeah, that was quite funny. That was um, you can run us the old Wilson touch here, if you like. He launched, uh, he launched quite far in the air, didn't he? Um, yeah, so the touch finder for, from Wilson at 47. Um, it was actually a really good touch finder. It was some great distance on it. And um, it's sort of you're not quite at the five-meter mark, but not far off it. And... Um, Rutledge, unfortunately, un, you know, uncharacteristically, um, did not throw that one straight. So yeah, it was a shame to see, really, because real you thought that might have been the chance of the Stags to oh, get some momentum. So. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, although they did, they did come back at 49 minutes uh, with another line out, and this way, this one was was fine. And then it's when they started to sort of chip away at the at the line of Canterbury. Yeah, they switch from three throwing rugby to classic yeah. stag style pick and goes and one off yeah. runners at most. I have to say that during that period where, um, well, the period that we're just about to discuss, uh, John Hardy was was really good. He, he was um, immense. Yeah, he was really good. He, I'm surprised. Whopper was pretty good there too. Like he yeah. put his hand up on a few occasions. But we've also got to give credit to, to Canterbury because their defence was just outrageously good. Like they, yeah, I don't know if you saw the stat later on in the half, yeah, but it was 123 tackles to 36. 36, yeah. It's crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy. And Canterbury just... Yeah, yeah, but, but, also, but also South and... Uh, sorry, Canterbury had already scored two tries at this point. Yeah, like you got to think they hardly had the ball, let alone territory, yeah. was it? Yeah, so that was um, interesting. Rutledge and, and Chris King were off at 51 minutes as well. Um, yeah, did you have a – I don't know if it was after Rutledge and King went off, but Hardy goes pretty close off the pick and goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he went, he went, he went very close. I thought it was – personally, I thought it was a try. but I think it could have been, but I think on field was no try, so it's kind of hard to overturn it really. Well, I think it was back in the day, 2011. I think I don't know if you noticed the ref. The ref's phraseology was slightly different. It was it was just try yes or no. Yeah. It wasn't there was no on field decision. It was just try well, yes or no. That's a valid point. And so, um, yes. the TMO was just obviously at that point the TMO has all the authority to say nah or yes. And in this case, there was not, as we know, no conclusive evidence. Uh, just purely because there's too many bodies in the way. And, yeah, there's no try, unfortunately, because I think Hardy was one of the most deserved try scorers oh, if yeah. he was to. Um, so, yeah, I personally, I was expecting it to be a try when I was watching this game the other day. I, same. I thought it was. I thought it was, but um, it wasn't. And then, yeah, so they went back and, and um, there was a five. Yeah. So Chris, Chris King and, and Rutledge were off at 51 minutes, and then there was another scrum at five metres. Um and then South and the we were just back out of the game, picking yeah, away on exactly it. Exactly the same. You think you had accidentally replayed the same phase. Yeah, they're just picking away over and over <laughs> again. Was, yeah, like you said, it, they really changed their game from these uncharacteristic runs from the likes of Lynn and um then they just went back to their classic picking yeah, a few times they had a bit of an overlap outright and they kind of just Yeah nah, and stick to the forwards. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, fantastic defence by Canterbury, and and they were getting quite. I, I could sense they were getting quite frustrated, Southland, given the amount of phases they're going through. 
Um, and like you said, yeah, that stat then popped up on the screen. The commentators were were sort of uh, making some comments about that. Yeah, so 123 versus 36. So it certainly surprised me. Shouldn't have, but it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a wee moment just after that, which I completely forgot about until I've seen it written down here now. Cowan, your boy, once again, another potential Dick of the Day nomination. Don't know what he was thinking. I think he heard there was an advantage. So obviously no penalty yet, but he grabs the ball, yeah. does a wee 360, decides to tap it to himself where he's running. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> was he going for a chip kick? Or was I thought he, he, was, I thought he chipped or? it. Yeah, I thought he I chipped thought it. he was trying to chip, but it was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, it worked out okay. Well, but... He regathered it, but yeah. <laughs> Interesting. It was, it was bizarre, yes. <laughs> Of course, um, uh, eventually the pressure somewhat pays off as yeah. uh, the Stags get themselves a penalty. And it was a good decision to take, up the shot. Yeah, it was a good decision to take the points because having been down there for so long without any points, you just got to come yeah, with something. Don't you? Probably been a good 20, 30 phases they've been chipping away. And if they hadn't taken any points from that, yeah. Really hard. So then it was a, a 16-12 ball game at uh, 57 minutes. Which yeah. um yeah, getting closer and closer with those penalties yeah, starting to chipping away at the scoreboard and Canterbury yep. have hardly been in the opposition half or hardly even had the ball to be honest. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean off the kickoff it doesn't get a great deal better as they did grab the ball Canterbury and then John Hardy gets oh, in over one. the nut and yeah. seals it, Beautiful. flies it back to Wilson and Wilson just kicks it straight into the goal area for a twenty two. Yeah. I don't really know what he was trying there, but yeah, yeah. No, it was another good, another good steal from Hardy. Um, had a few that game, like I said earlier in the game as well, along with Rutledge. But yeah, he was immense. Um, and I think after that kick, obviously was back to Southland, and another great run from Tim Cornford. Um, and uh, although unfortunately, once again, he just simply couldn't find that last offload, that last pass to the yeah. supporting. Member and uh, Sir old Glenn Horden had a good wee snipe in there at some point, got in on the action. Not yeah. the only time he really did, but he got kind of well hit on his run. Yeah, he was quiet. Yeah. And yeah, another few shocking passes in there at some point. And I had a big scramble at some point uh, and around that form water run, actually. Yeah, that would have been in the lead up to it. I think Tom Taylor was charged. Then Maitland kind of scrambled it out to Cornforce. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. that. A bit of shithousery from Elliot Dixon off the back of that too. It's quite clear that Cornwall got put into touch, but Dixon scoops the ball up and just fires it in quickly. Thinking <laughs> he could get away with it. Yeah, the go. Yeah, <laughs> not buying it. Yeah. Um, of course, um, so it's a line out to Canterbury just out of their goal line, I think. Yes. And then they... Just want to talk us around that, guys. Yeah, so line out to Canterbury, of course, and then... Unfortunately, it's overthrown uh, on the line-out, and um, eventually yeah. Scott Cowan finds his hands on it and finally breaks their resilient defence of Canterbury and uh, goes over for a try. Yeah, only after about one or two phases this time around. Yeah. It's one of the backs that gets himself in there. Oh, I think that if, if they did actually get that ball to hand uh, correctly off the line-out, you know, we could have easily seen another 20 phases from, oh, from Stag. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, Canterbury's line-out wasn't great. I suppose that's what we no. get when they had Ash Parker. He's, I think he's more of a six. Decent yeah. quality six at MVC level, but certainly not the tallest lock on the field. So Yeah. Struggled a bit in there. Yeah. And then um, Wilson nails this conversion, actually. It was a really good one. Oh, yeah, it's um, a goodie from wide out, eh? Hey? So... Essentially, the um, into the lead, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Nineteen six, uh, nineteen sixteen. So Southland lead, and that I that thought point, Wilson was going to miss that kick actually because he would have right a, to left quite some a, distance. It was a gnarly, gnarly kick as well, like a, a lot of curve on it. Um, I don't know if there was wind there on the day, but I'm assuming the other kicks got very affected, did they? So. Nah, well, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you could hear those Southland fans just starting to. I mean, they probably would have been onto their uh, fifth or sixth um, can of, of beer at this stage. But um, yeah, each can, the old rumbles of Southland got lower and lower. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. Uh, a lot of slapping on the um, barricades as well. Yeah, so which... the old that South Park Redneck episode is just <laughs> that reincarnated. Yeah, <laughs> they took our dogs. <laughs> 
Yes, it was very much like that. I feel like there was more Canterbury fans, uh, sorry, more Southland fans than Canterbury fans there. Oh, I'm sure um, of it. Eh? I'm sure they got the rugby parks mixed up and got down there <laughs> So that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, they, they certainly started to to increase their volume there um, from the sidelines. Um, but then, of course, off the kickoff after that try, uh, I've actually got my uh, dick of the day off that kickoff. I might save it to the end, but uh, you might okay. know it if you saw it. But it's a it's a bit of a comedic moment. On the scale of things. There's a few to choose from this game, actually, but that one caught my eye. You can run us through from there. Yeah, I was just going to say, so yeah, the kickoff after that try and Canterbury were just immediately threatening straight away, which I guess would have put some nerves into some of the Southland fans after just um, scoring that great try. But, um, you know, luckily for Southland, they backed up Canterbury's defence with their own great defence on the line as well. And um, it, was, it was almost like a mirror image of the effort that Canterbury put in um, against that attack on the line as well. So, um, yeah, some great defence there. What's your dick of the day amongst that? Oh, so I'll call it at the end. We'll keep you on your seat for that one. All right. So I can imagine there's there's not much in that, Patrick, because as you said, Canterbury were absolutely fizzing. Everyone was throwing the kitchen sink um, at the south of the line. And the key thing that, yeah, they were absolutely sinking um, everything into it. some great defence, as I said. Then it all just sort of fades out with my, I don't know if this is your dick of the day moment or nominee, but this is one of my nominees where, um, to be honest with you, it's pretty poor decision-making really because they did have the, the momentum and um, the ability to sort of build up the phases. Tom Taylor sort of finds himself pretty I just, much... I couldn't understand his decision-making there, as no, you said. Just no, he, he's pretty much directly of the post. You know, we're talking you know, six, probably seven meters. And just, it's not a, it's not a traditional goal, um, drop goal where he's being in the pocket and being fed from the halfback. He's just playing. Like he was take, running a flat line or something. Yeah. Like running a flat line just takes a snap left hand, a left footed, um, attempt at a drop goal and misses it. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know how, I mean, Brain it's, so, it's so close to the posts. Like obviously it came off his foot quite badly, but, and it's not his, um, you know, it was not really a planned drop goal, I would have thought, but he missed it. And yeah, really bad decision because they'd had all the momentum and well, potentially like even 20 had, odd phases there. And that kind of yeah, but also space yeah. out on the left, on the left hand side. They had they had people. Yeah, finally worked um, it, and, and he's missed it. So it was a, bit, a yeah, real let off. The only time he really put his foot wrong all day, Tom Taylor, but a few tough kicks from the sideline. But yeah, yeah, it's a uh, real shocker. But at the same time, it would be if he if he got it, would be singing his praises because it would have been pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah, I would have been singing it for being funny. But like, even if he got it, it's still a pretty it's questionable decision. decision. Yeah. I think he kind of gets off the hook though because then only a minute later, um, Southland concede a penalty and Taylor has the opportunity to actually kick it over and and um, even up the scoreboard. But geez, off the hook. I guess yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of forgot how bad it was until you ran us back through it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he takes that penalty goal and um, the seventy sixty seventh minute. Taylor evens it up nineteen all at that point. Yeah. So it's uh, and remember that you know in a shield game you can't lose a shield if it's a draw. So yeah, the commentators were half and on about that one then. So it kind of kind of reminds me of that uh, confusion last season uh, where. It was a shield game and the scores were even, um, but of course it went to overtime because that's the new yeah. rule. But they didn't lose the shield. Was, uh, do you remember that? Yeah, that was confusing. No one was quite sure if they were retaining it or <laughs> the rest didn't even know. <laughs> carrying on an extra time or yeah, yeah. So a bit of that this year. So I think yeah, I think the shield is retained, but the actual game itself still continues. Yeah, um, but that yeah, that's what I had at sixty seventh minute, and then I guess um, take yeah, us through what you had. Yeah. Kick off from there. One of the stag substitutes, the number 18 Nelly came on and great bit of impact straight away is once again the stags on their own kickoff. I am not sure how this kept happening. Like, surely it's not hard to retain a ball off a kickoff, but each team might have done it once or twice at most. Yeah. And yeah, so they won the ball and that was when the Wilson kind of started setting up for his droppy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a fairly long setup, about three or four minutes. He was kind of going from the pocket to 
up on the line, back into the pocket. Yep. Eventually, they decided to pull the trigger. And, yeah, just about 30 out. And it wasn't the worst hit in the world, but the Drake at left. Kind of a bit of an awkward bounce off the deck and yeah. not to be. I think Cowan, look on his face, and he thought it was over. but Yeah, um, Cowan was pretty stoked with it. But, but unfortunately not. Not just yet. And then I guess after that drop goal attempt, um, the next point I've got there is Johnny McNichols' clearing kick. Did you have that one as well? No, I don't even know if I have that one down. Talk us through it, though. Yeah, so McNichol goes for a clearing kick sort of deep in his own 22. And um, it was a good kick, actually. He did clear a long, a long distance, um, well past halfway, but uh, it was deemed that he he brought it back. So unfortunately, he was out in the full, so they came all the way back. And, well, yeah, uh, another, yeah, actually, I do remember that now. I don't think it was taken back. I think Cornforth might have got a wee boot in there and kicked it. But oh, really? Okay. Yeah, you'll never know. Either way, the yeah. stakes will take it. Yeah, and, uh, and obviously that gave them a pretty good opportunity to chip, again, chip away again at the line. Uh, it seemed to be the tactic for quite some time. Um, that led to a... Another scrum on five meters in this cup. Yeah, this after Cowan thought he grabbed himself a double, he saw his name in lights and <laughs> couldn't hold on to the ball this time around. No, no, unfortunately not. Uh, I don't know if you saw what the uh, Stags mascot was up to <laughs> after that, but rolling the charge the down. Yeah. After the scrum, and we charged down and the Stags mascot's down on the floor. Yeah, well, yeah speaking, of that, speaking of that charge down, that was essentially after that scrum. Um, was Matt Saunders, I think, uh, charging down Ryan Crotty. Um, it was interesting. Crotty was the kicking option. Yeah. Oh, that was Something must have it. happened in there that I missed. <laughs> but uh, the ball maybe went Taylor dead. got caught in the rush. Yeah, yeah. But the ball went dead, so that that led to yeah, a self gone anywhere, eh? A bit yeah. like the other charge downs earlier in the game. Oh, he could have, you know, like you said, it could have been a try, simple as that. just depends how he how it struck his hands. Um, and that went, obviously, dead. And uh, a scrum feed for Southland on the five minutes. A pretty uh, vital charge down that would turn out to be in the Absolutely. grand scheme of things. Very much a vital charge down there. You can run us through the next couple of minutes, if you like. Yeah, so... Um, be tense scrum, few minutes, to say the least. <laughs> scrum feed for Southland. 76 minutes at this point, so four minutes left. Um, so... At this point, the commentators are really selling. The t- and to be fair, it, like it felt like a test match. It was, you know, it was good footy. Um, you tell how re- much New Zealand, and particularly the Stags, love their hand fairly shield. Eh? Like, yeah, they love it. Yeah. And, and as, as the commentators say, no, it's you know, it's shield footy, and they're not wrong. Sometimes the the um, I don't know the allure behind the shield disappears a wee bit when certain teams have it. Yeah. Um, but when you have something like Southland challenging for it, they or, or even Otago, they get pretty barred up for it, to be honest. Well, um, even the fact, um, as was mentioned throughout the game, the Stags had had a game earlier in the week and they rested almost their whole first team so they could have them fit for this place, which shows <laughs> they love it. where their priorities they love it. are at. I remember when they won it um, after this game, they, um, the, they were bringing the shield around... Um, uh, all the schools and just showing it all. They were so proud. It was, it was classic. <laughs> you just love that sort of small community feel, eh, when they just yeah. bring it around. And then when Otago won it, they bring it around like the hostel and whatnot. Yeah, I remember the that. The old even there was still hanging around on the other game. <laughs> so, anyway, um, speaking of, yeah, the end of the game, so 76 minutes, um, and then that, that scrum to Southland, um, it's sort of a couple of phases involved, and Wilson gets organised in the pocket for a for a droppy, um, sort of probably I want to say just outside the twenty two, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, twenty five out at most. Yeah, yeah, and then just just gets a, a pretty clean ball um, and nails the droppy at seventy seven minutes. Yeah, and straight uh, away, as soon as he hit it, he, yeah. you had snuck that one through. It's, it was a pretty nice hit, and then that's twenty two points to nineteen at that point, seventy seventh minute. Um, yeah, all of them were cargles, squeaky bum time now. Oh, mate, they are running. They At this point, they are doing multiple laps around D Street um, and just they're loving it. They are loving it. And and I thought it was quite bizarre towards the end of the game. Um, the commentators are talking about what the Southland fans will be doing tonight in the Vicar. But they corrected themselves uh, well when 
they realise that you know Southland isn't Justin Bacargo. They also mentioned Riverton and also Gore as well. So oh, the <laughs> brown trout would have been party central. Beautiful. Um, Ethan De Groot may have been up and yeah. running around the thing. Old De Groot, yes, yes, very true. Um, and then speaking of Wilson, obviously nails that drop in. Wilson really had some some great yeah. um, towards About the end, a minute later. Yeah. Arguably, an even more important play. Absolutely, talk us through that one. Yeah, well, I mean, Canterbury had got the ball back, and as you'd expect, they firing everything at it, and they look like they might be able to bust through. But Wilson kind of fronts up, puts yeah. his body on the line, and rips the ball through. Yeah, so, some, I mean, it was some class players from Wilson. He was he really got better as the game. Managed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then, of course, it was just a matter of. The stack because the stacks have position at this point, so it's just a matter of them um, keeping their call and and um, you know burning the clock down to that uh, hooter and kicking out. It's still two minutes to go at this point, so there's no well, easy yeah. feat. But it wasn't easy. It was sort of like a, was, uh, almost a rugby world cup final type uh, twenty eleven. Definitely final. made a lot easier by the fact there was no rule for the halfback to actually play it at this stage. So yeah, yeah, that was mentioned a few times. Cal would stick it in there for. Good thirty seconds or a minute. Oh. Just you wouldn't want anyone else but Cowan. Yeah, you wouldn't want anyone else but Cowan doing what he was doing. Um, yeah, Fruin was not happy. He tried his utmost <laughs> to kind of barge through him, but one man's yeah. not going to get through eight hardened Southland lads, are they? And then I guess that final hooter goes at the eightieth minute, and um, fittingly it goes to James Wilson, and he smashes it into touch, and uh, the celebrations begin. Yeah, the cheer was yet again convincing me it's not in Christchurch. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Oh, yeah, must have got great. half the city up there for the game. Eh? That stag's mascot would look like he was potentially had some um, alcohol under his suit, perhaps. But um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a really good. Uh, I, yeah, one of those games where you can't help but root for the for the uh, team that's less likely to win. You know, and it's just yeah. yeah. When they do oh, get yeah, the win, it's hard when we're both kind of stag fans at heart, trying to yeah. not kind of be up their side. But I mean, they're the underdogs. Canterbury are an absolute powerhouse. There's a similar, right. um, similar sort of uh, feeling to the, to the the classic 2009 game. Similar story against oh, Canterbury yeah. in the Shield yeah. as well. And then of uh, course, um, on the way uh, Southland would end up losing the Shield would be uh, back to Canterbury, I believe. Yeah, it so was a back and forth. Bit of, Back and forth between the sides. Yeah, it might have been the time they lost the 2009 shield. They might have lost it to Canterbury. Either way, it was back and forth. Yeah, no, I'm, I I really enjoyed the shield period, particularly down south. It was always such a great game. Um, and even now, my friends from Invercargill, whenever there's a shield potential shield match on the line for Stags, they will they will be interested. You know, they're, they're going to bar up for that. I mean, most of the regions in the country are. It's- no, one or yeah. two when it gets to the big ones, they don't seem to as much. Yeah, no, they seem to be you know pretty passionate defenders at the moment. So um, I mean, as I saw someone put it, there's not much other trophies in the world that would stop a tiny region to parade all week just to go out <laughs> and play a team to get smashed by seventy points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that concludes the the game. Really? Um, yeah, that's the end of the game in my books. Should we... Of course, we've still got the closing segment, the man of yeah, the match, of the day, and we've got a moment of the match, but I think that's going to be a pretty conclusive one. So, yeah, should we both just fire away with that to start with? You go first, eh? Yeah, I mean, moment of the match it can't really be anything else for me except the winning drop goal. Like, yeah, lovely. Yep, lovely. Not yeah. much more needs to be said about it. Talked about it enough. It's hard to beat. Nah, and you don't see that many droppies in New Zealand, particularly at ITM Cup. In this case, level. So it was it was nice to see the the pressure of the game getting to the team and making those decisions to do a do a droppy at the end. I loved it. Yeah, do you want to run us through your dick of the day or man of the match first? Take your pick. Yeah, I'm going to give my dick of the day today. Um, it's an interesting one. There's a couple of options for me. I'll give a, a valuable mention to uh, Cowan. Uh, it was a uh, quite funny when he booted booted um, Luke Romano in the back with that ball uh, straight up. Yeah. And it wasn't caught. And as you said, the ref almost deserves an honourable mention in there as well. Um, but for me, the dick of the day, and not 
not certainly the, not not the dick of the day um, overall. He was certainly a class player throughout. But Tom Taylor's um, drop goal uh, was just a, an interesting move, and to me, uh, he's earned the dick of the day today. Yeah, for that he definitely played his part in the match for a lot of quality moments. So that was certainly not one of them. Yeah, uh, so pretty questionable decision making there. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been choosing him as dick of the day if he missed if he if he actually slotted it. But uh, unfortunately, he didn't. So yeah, for me, yeah, Cowan's away with one by the skin of his teeth there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's me. Uh, who's your who's your dick of the day today? Yeah, me, old uh, Scott Cowan and Tom Taylor just kind of scraped by by the skin of their teeth because I've decided to go a little rogue for mine. I've gone for Garrett Williamson. It was the okay. ref. I did not the know the ref. Never heard of Garrett Williamson. Wasn't for his first call actually. It's for a uh, off the kickoff at one stage. Gets padded back straight into his dome. He goes yeah. down like a circus buds and stays down. I was just <laughs> you have to love seeing a ref go down, especially yeah. with a falcon. It was yeah, like, it's like immediately like a, it's right up there from that. It's like a WWE ref. They just stay down, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really sold a ball to the face. Eh? Like, he wouldn't yeah. think it's that bad, but he. Yeah. Getting on yeah, shorty, was, I reckon. Surely that's it's better than half the actors on there. Um, I guess I'll go. I'll continue with my man of the match then. Um, yeah, go for it. There's a few nominees in there, actually. There's a few nominees, and I'll run through a couple of key ones um, just for some honourable mentions, I guess. Um, James Wilson, you know, I, I, from what if I remember correctly, he was. I think he was given man of the match, but um, I, I, I mean, it would I, make sense. Yeah, just because of those clutch moments towards the end. Um, he's certainly a nominee for me. Kenny Lynn is a nominee for me. Um, fantastic. Um, but I'm actually going to choose a man of the match who is not on the winning side today. Um, I'm going to go Sean Maitland today. Uh, I think he was just so class with his running game uh, throughout the game. And particularly in the first half, and like I said, he set up where well, he was an integral part of both of those two tries at the start. So unfortunately he couldn't continue that as much in the second half. And I think that was partially just purely because of the impact of the Southland forwards and that pick and go type scenario. But um, if he, if he was given an opportunity in the second half, he would have taken it. So uh, today he would be my man of the match. I mean, it's hard to argue about two minutes and I already had him jotted down as a potential one to watch for the man of the match award. And I think the only thing really stopping me is he was on the losing side. So, yeah. Going to go for a Stags flare. Okay. Um, close. I'm going to shout out to Jamie McIntosh because I thought he was pretty good. He did a lot yeah, of the unnoticed stuff, but put yeah. his hand up to carry. Didn't yeah. seem to drop the ball much and definitely got on top of the scrums. So, yeah, he definitely played a captain's knock. But the bloke we've mentioned a few bit throughout this, John Hardy's my man of the match. Just yeah. crucial turnovers. Made meters with the ball in hand, a bit like Elliot Dixon as well. But Hardy just kind of got in and did the dirty work and almost grabbed himself a try, which we well deserved. But yeah, absolutely. He um, is quality. Yeah, see why he we went be, on to play um, for Scotland. For, if I was to choose a Stags man of the match, it would be between him and probably Kenny Lynn, I'd say. Yeah, Kenny Lynn definitely sparked the fear a bit. But I mean, I can't argue with Maitland. He was definitely the most threatening player on the paddock. Yeah. Excellent. Um, anyway, that about brings us to a close. You got any closing notes or anything you want to add? No, no, I just, yeah, I think it was a really good um, game. I actually really enjoyed watching this. Um, I didn't realize how how much pressure there was at the end. It was such a classic game. And some of those names, you know, brings you back to the days when you're at school watching rugby, particularly in, in Bacargo, as I was. Um, so so yeah. many just stalwarts of the NPC involved in this game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's your thoughts on the um, on the next game we review? What, any any ideas? Oh, that one's all yours to select away if you want, mate. Yeah, I've been doing some time to choose if you like. But if you yeah, I've been doing some thinking. I'm I'm keen to do a uh, Super Rugby game. Um, yeah, and I, I want to do. I'm very keen to do the. Um, I'm, I'm wary that we've featured 2011 quite a lot here, so I was going to suggest the uh, Queensland Reds versus the Canterbury. <laughs> Sorry, Crusaders final in 2011, but I won't because we've done a lot of 2011. Um, instead, I really would like to feature the 2014, um, if I'm correcting, I believe it's 2014, 2014 final between the Waratahs and the uh, Crusaders. Yeah, another Aussie New Zealand final. Yeah. Another one that uh, goes a certain way. I won't have to spoil it yet, but 
Yeah. Definitely uh, a great choice. I'm a big fan of that one. So, yeah, I think we'll go for that one. Uh, and I think hopefully that gives some Aussie fans a bit of um, enjoyment there as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll give them a chance in the spotlight for once. <laughs> yeah. Um, any comments from you? Oh, no, I think that's about us. So uh, tune in next time for the Tars and the Crusaders final. If you want to get over and watch that now and then follow along in the discussion, feel free. But if not, we'll catch you in a week or two's time. Any write-ups coming up for the uh, for the players we've mentioned today? Oh, there's a, definitely a few that need to be in there. And yeah. then, uh, Jimmy Wilson's one that's been yeah. on the list for a long time. Yeah. Got a few uh, NPC lads I've had some suggestions to do for a while now, so I should get around to those. But yep. we'll see. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in and uh, look forward to covering this Super Rugby Final in 2014. Um, in two weeks' time. We'll see you then. See ya. Thank you.